This is episode three of English voiceover in Asia. I am your host, Yui Haruhara, and today's guest is one of the first people I contacted for information when I started my YouTube channel, Ward E. Sexton. Ward has done work in Japan and presently works in America. Gamers may recognize him for roles such as Stun the Insect in Bloody Roar 4, Ernest Baldwin in Silent Hill 2, and the famous title screen call in Resident Evil. But his resume goes way beyond video games. He's been doing this kind of work for over three decades and counting, having thousands of jobs and roles under his belt, including commercials and documentaries. We first got in touch for my first ever Doraemon video. Ward sang songs and was the voice of Jayan and Suneo for the English Educational OVA's Early English with Doraemon, a set of VHS tapes released in Japan decades ago. I reached out to him to see if he wanted to do an interview, and he agreed. Sometimes it really is as easy as reaching out. Did you know there is a second English dub of Porco Rosso recorded in Japan that predates Disney's version with Michael Keaton? Online, there's barely any info about it, but during our discussion, Ward just randomly mentioned he worked on that dub and went into detail about it. Stay tuned for that. Without further delay, here's my interview with Ward E. Sexton. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Oh yeah, my name is Ward Sexton. I'm a, um, I've been a voiceover for... A professional voiceover for 35 years now. I hate to say that, but uh, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> 35 years. It's actually been very, very good to me. And uh, uh, I live. Uh, how do I just just keep on going? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where are you originally from? I'm, my mom. My mom was Jap. My mom was Japanese. Uh, I was born in Fukuoka, Japan. Um, that's the southernmost island of Japan, uh, Fukuoka Island, uh, excuse me, Kyushu Island in the city of Fukuoka. Um, apparently there was a Air Force, American Air Force base uh, there, and that Air Force base is where I was born. It's now the Fukuoka Airport. So, um, yeah, the, the town and everything is gone. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was born there. Um, lucky, actually, because my mom was uh, actually from Saga, Saga Prefecture, which is the next prefecture over from Fukuoka. It's close, it's be in between Nagasaki where they dropped the atomic bomb, the second mm-hmm. one, and Fukuoka. And so my mom was 70 miles away from the atomic bomb that was dropped in the second bomb. So I'm lucky to be alive, I guess, in a way. <laughs> She's lucky to be alive and I'm lucky to be alive. So yeah. Uh, where do you live now? I, I live now in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, just re- actually not recent anymore. It's been three years, but yeah, originally I lived in LA um, before and uh, moved over here mostly for my for our son's uh, education. There's there's a good school system here in Chandler, Arizona, and great baseball. He's a very good baseball player. So wonderful. Uh, this is this is where it's at for him. So yeah, it's uh, cannot. Uh, not real happy with the with the summers here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, God, it was a hundred degrees. It was ninety five plus today. You know, and over here it's like, yeah, well, gosh, you know, from <laughs> June on, I mean, no, no day. If we get to a hundred, that's that's super cool for us. It's just uh, yeah, yeah. you don't have to shovel sunshine in the in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah, you know, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's what everyone. I visited Cali over the summer. Um, Ohio definitely does not have dry heat, and uh, everyone everyone no. said, "Yeah, yeah, Cali's a dry heat." <laughs> Got told that several times. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, tolerable. Sure. That's yeah. It's that I am not 
into humanity. But still, I remember Ohio summer, but it was not as bad as we moved. I moved from Ohio to Georgia after that, Augusta, Georgia. Really? And that that heat was awful. <laughs> yeah, I, so I, mean, I that hear. That humidity is really awful. Yeah, it's worse in Ohio. For sure. I, I know you got the lake there, the, you know, Lake Erie and all that, but still, it's. I'm here in Columbus, so it's not as, yeah. I don't know, maybe, maybe not as bad. I don't Cleveland's know. definitely colder. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, because you have snow there. I mean, geez. Yeah. I remember the snow. I remember <laughs> Uncle Bill, too, and a 10 cent bag of popcorn. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, yeah. And then we moved to Georgia, and the summer, my, that's when I really got into Little League and, and all that, and um, boy, that that humidity was terrible. Then we, when we moved to Texas, we drove across Texas, and it was in the summer, and went through Louisiana. <laughs> then I, a new whole new humidity thing came in because I didn't. Boy, just passing through, I hated it. So it was a real, real um, thing. But you know what, Tokyo's the summers, the the heat there in Tokyo itself is unbearable because really, there's no. It's that uh, what I forgot the word for it. There's a uh, the uh, concrete. There's that phenomenon that uh, it, it, everything the heat is held in. So even if it says ninety degrees, it's probably more like a hundred degrees just because of the concrete, right? Because everything's radiating out of the concrete. Plus all the subways there are emitting uh, hot air from the air conditioning systems for the subways, right? So. They have all these vents that are just all this hot air is pouring <laughs> into the streets, and it's just hot. I swear, you what you you'll shower and then walk out the door of my. I'd, I'd shower in. The, I I used to get. I was in the habit of showering, you know, actually bathing, uh, morning and night in Tokyo, especially huh. in the summer. And uh, and then I would you know get ready to go to the studio. Walk out the front door, and literally, I would. By the time I got to the bottom of the stairs, uh, the um, the entrance had a, you know, a stairway of what 10, 10, 11 steps. And by the time I got to the street level, I was drenched in sweat. Uh, I <laughs> promise you, it was no. And I, and I hardly sweat here in Arizona. So I don't know. That's, that's probably age now, but but it was horrible. Uh, it, I do not like Japanese summers at all. Um, what got you into acting? Actually, I was working as a copywriter um, in an agency, a lar- very large agency in Tokyo. And I was an English copywriter. And the uh, um, creative people kept coming over and asking me, to, would it, could I read something for them out loud? And uh, after a couple of those, you know, I've, I'd go to a studio to do it. And, um, and I thought, yeah. And I had been, I had done some dj work in college at university of oregon uh just very little but um okay. it was very nerve-wracking i didn't like it a lot because i like anybody i hated hearing my voice uh, when you know on them on when you speak on a microphone and they hear it come out of the speakers it doesn't sound anything like you think you sound like so yeah. it's like yeah you know kind of thing so i was not thrilled with that you know <laughs> but they kept asking me into japan to do these presentations and stuff that they were doing and and at one time, I was at a, there was a freelance voiceover at the studio that they were using, and I talked to him, and he said, uh, I asked him, well, what do you learn doing this? Because he kept asking me, what, did you, you, are you getting paid to do this? I said, no, I work there as a copywriter, and, and they just asked me to do this stuff. So he goes, yeah, you should do that. You should work for, you know, and of course, for him, it's like, well, they should be paying me to be doing this, right, instead of getting you to do it for free. 
So um, I so I asked him what he was making, and um, and he told me, and I thought, oh, geez, this is not right. <laughs> so, and as far as I was concerned, I didn't think I had a great voice or anything like that, but uh, I didn't think he had such a – he himself had a real spectacular voice either. So if he could make that as a freelancer, I thought maybe I should try. They kept, you know, people kept asking me to do it. And so I started, I actually literally quit my copywriting job, my well-paying copywriting job to start doing voiceovers. And uh, I was lucky. I, I was there at the right time with Yoma when Japan was, you, you know, doing all kinds of over, overseas promotions, right? Overseas being, you know, and most of the, the languages were, um, of course, was English because even though they would, you know, uh, instead of making... Some some projects would involve you know making Spanish, Thai, you know French, whatever, huh. and but sometimes they, but almost always even with the multilingual kind of thing, you'd always have English on top of that, right? And then there's some countries, some companies who would just only do English in hopes that the rest of Europe can understand English, <laughs> you know, so it'd be a Japanese version of it and an English version of it. So yeah, that's how I started, and so I wasn't. I really didn't think about it. I never, you know, I always thought of, uh, I never, I never, I think paid attention to voiceover so much, uh, just, you know, newscasters, uh, radio people and that kind of thing. So I never equated, equated myself. I've always loved to sing. I shouldn't say that. I, I loved, I always loved singers as a lot of people do. Most people do. And I've always, um, thought that you know, I, I, I grew up in an age where Elvis Presley to the Beatles and, you know, Stones, and I, I did my share of singing in the bath, you know, the shower, that kind of thing, and having my mother and father tell me to shut up, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm, I, so I'm not a good singer, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, uh, so I never, you know, again, I never really considered voice acting um it's, it's funny because when i think back about it, i'm not I'm not exactly stupid but all those voices they had for the you know the disney the disney pro, you know productions and things like that i never even wondered what it was about so so uh and then, then when you said acting it wasn't even really about acting when i when i first did voiceover I mostly did uh, cor corporate things, right? Corporate presentations uh, in manufacturing, you know, for manufacturing. Very, in fact, my very first jobs were reading ma uh, instruction manuals for copy machines. You know, how to how to um, how to service a copy machine. So it's really, you know, X Y to to O P Q, and that was there's no acting involved at all. So I didn't even know if I could do that, but. Uh, so that was funny too, because the first time I did that was uh, was really bad because the guy did not have a studio. I went, and this is in Tokyo, so I'm sitting, and I couldn't make heads or tails. And the scripts were literally um, ooh, anywhere from 50 to 120 pages each. Oh my! I would sit there one sitting and just go through the whole thing, right? Right, but. Because it wasn't a real studio, they'd have this microphone on the on the t on the coffee table, and I'd sit on a sofa reading these scripts, and uh, you know, oh, truck just went by, oh, it's good again. <laughs> it was just oh, over and over. And this is Tokyo. Have you have you been to Tokyo? I, I mean, wish. Even if you, I, if, you, if even if you just looked at pictures of it, you can. There's not. There's you know. There's traffic all the time. You know. So, yeah. 
I mean, people, yes, mostly riding trains and stuff, but I mean, there's traffic on the roads all the time. So it was, you know, I, if it was a hundred page script, I literally probably read it a, a thousand pages, you know, mm-hmm. one sitting, but, you know, before I knew it, I knew it, uh, just doing that kind of stuff. I was making, hmm, I don't know, at least as much as I made as a copywriter in a, in a couple of months. And then, and then I thought, yeah, this is God, if I keep this up, maybe I'll be able to, you know, make more. And sure enough, I made more in four or five months. And then by the end of the year, uh, you know, anyway, in a couple of years, I was doing seven figures. So it was pretty wow. awesome. Yeah. That's mm. incredible. But again, it was a lot of timing. I was also a voice they hadn't heard before. So there, there was little, there was um, literally, hmm, five to 10 guys were doing most of the work in all of Japan. And before two or three years passed, I was doing more by myself than the rest of the five to 10 guys that were doing a combination. So all all added up, I still was doing more than they were. So at one point in time, there's a place called Tessico that uh, I'm not sure if they still does that, but they would store all the, um, videos done in Japan there. So it's a a big, like a library of Congress kind of thing. It's not that big, but when you go there, one, one, one um, Canadian director I knew said, Ward, I went there and I swear to you, a third of the videos are you, man. (laughs) 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 Oh, (laughs) you know, so uh, yeah, yeah, it was, I was very lucky. And, uh, and in a lot of ways, and and um, I, I I made a lot of mistakes along the way too. But pretty soon, you know, different. I would start doing movie trailers, and I would, and it was all a training training, you know, on the job training basically for me. Huh. And I didn't know if I could act, but I tried to act. But going back when I was in high school, I I had um, done. Um, I was the junior Toastmaster. I don't know if you know what Toastmasters are, but uh, Toastmasters is a public speaking kind of, it still goes on today, all over, all okay. over the world, actually. So uh, I was a Toastmaster, and there's of the seven speeches contests that I had entered, I won them all. Wow. And uh, yeah, so I had some background. So something I did was what worked, but what worked, I really didn't know and until this day i don't know in fact i'm having a hard time knowing what to do nowadays because we'll get you can get to that later but it's just it's a different world now they do they want a different read and so i'm not yeah so yeah that's a different story but back then i perfect timing for me i was i went to japan almost forced to go i was born there but i went back just to Kind of explore my roots a little bit. I did okay. not speak Japanese. Language. Yeah, I did not speak Japanese at all. Uh, I was lucky. I was very lucky. Um, continued to be lucky. That was in 19. I went there in 1980. I started doing voiceover in 1984 or so, 83 or 4. Okay. And till, till 2000. 2011 when I came back here so yeah to, from that time to 2011 I I made a, a good very good living uh, I had I had Porsches uh, all kinds of stuff but yeah it was just uh, it was all it was all because of the timing I think and um, I had I would 
love to say it was my skills and my you know wonderful artistic <laughs> presentations and all, but and a lot of people did say that you know they were kind, but um, I, I don't know. I really don't know. I there was uh, I never really studied it. Uh, I have I have this voice, I guess, that people even hear say a lot about. It hurts me right now, by the way, because. I guess it's a little too low and a little bit too resonant and it keeps me out of a lot of markets because uh, it used to be, used to be the thing, you know? So, yeah, uh, like, like you said, yeah. So, but it's, uh, again, I'm still doing it. I still love it. And, um, and I good. still learn every day. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. There's a lot of voice actors I know and talk to, um, they got their start on stage acting. So, oh, I, yeah. I, oh yeah. 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 Those are the guys I, yeah, those I think are, the, that's probably the best way to go. Um, <clears throat> right. I, I really do. I, I, I'm not, I've never been a stage actor. So, um, yeah, I'm not, uh, not, I've never, I, I actually, I'm too shy to be a stage actor. I, I, in fact, that's why I like voiceover because I'm in my booth and <laughs> right. <laughs> I can see people. I can see yeah. people to do. I like the audience. I like the small audience, but uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, no, it, it's easier now than when I had a small audience on the other side of the window here, uh, so that I could perform. So I did get that way eventually. But in, in the old days, at the beginning, I was not that way. I I preferred not to be seen. I I loved I loved the fact that sometimes they didn't have any windows in the booths. <laughs> I would just be there all by lonesome and just did my thing. And then when I walked out, they go, oh, wonderful, you know, or not wonderful, you know, whatever. But, but um, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay. So you said you were a copywriter? Yeah. Uh, how did that come about? I don't know because I hate writing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's funny. I, in school, the thing that I hated more than anything was writing. None of the rules made sense to me. I mean, I, you know, why are the why are there such rules? I mean, I think it prevents creative writing when you have to remember all these rules. And actually, that's proven out later because I knew a guy that was a, produ a director producer who wrote wonderfully, beautifully, and he was a terrible speller, didn't know how to punctuate. It was awful, but his scripts, you know, once I would get his scripts and I'd fix it up with that way, so I so I know how to read it. They read wonderfully and. Uh, and that's something I always admired. Uh, I've always admired good writers. Great. I love to read. I just, but I get so, wow, God, these guys can write amazing. That would always kind of intimidate me. And, and I realize I'm not such a great writer, but as it turns out, I guess I wrote pretty good copy, um, you know, copywriting and, and the kind of writing I admire is totally different. I mean, you get rid of the adverbs and don't overuse adjectives and it's a very clean and efficient process. And you want to get a message across, and I, I guess I, I can organize my thoughts well enough so that I can put it, you know, into copy. So, I did pretty well that way. And when I got to Japan, that's basically what happens. The reason I became a copywriter is because you had a choice of either being an English teacher, which I also did, and mm -hmm. a copywriter. So I went to a friend of mine at the modeling agency. Uh, I, I ended up being. I helped in the office, basically. It was learning Japanese that way, too. The Japanese owner was there. He was my friend. And so one of the guys I knew there said, you know, my my friend is the head of the copy department, and he needs a copywriter. I actually, a proofreader, a proofreader copy editor first. And I thought, you know, that might be a good deal. So I went there because I was okay with English, right? I, I didn't have to write, but I could correct people's writing. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
So uh, I did that for a while. Then they realized I could write or they were not actually in a pinch when the other writers couldn't handle the load. And they said, Ward, can you write this? And I go, I don't really don't know, but I'll give it a shot. And apparently I did well. And they, they uh, hired, they changed me to a copywriter. And uh, that's how I started out. Wow. <clears throat> a lot of synchronicity out there. And, uh, and yeah. I believe in that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Because I talked to Eric a couple weeks ago, Eric Kelso, and he said, um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah he, he went to Japan and uh, ended up being an English teacher. Um, we all, we all, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, Yeah, he said, didn't, didn't know a lick of Japanese. (laughs) Eric is, yeah, Eric's the next guy. He, in fact, when I, I, I had to, a lot of people, because I was so well known in Japan, um, I, you know, production companies go, Ward, can you, we got this project, can you line up 10 voices or 20 voices and, you know, that kind of thing. So I, I did that. In fact, uh, I'm not sure if you know, it's, uh, Porco, um, it was a uh, Tanizaki, you know, Junichiro, Junichiro Tanizaki. Do you know who that is? Um, name definitely rings a bell. He, well, he's the guy that does all those. In fact, that you see, you know, po, po, uh, uh, let's see, uh, what is that? Ah, shoot. Uh, in fact, there, his, his animations are real popular. Princess Mononoke. Oh, okay, so Ghibli uh, stuff. Yeah. The Ghibli stuff, yeah, Studio Ghibli. I, I had a Studio brain Ghibli. fart. I'm working on a Ghibli video right now, uh, Kiki's Delivery Service by Miyazaki. Oh, yeah, Kiki's, yeah, the Studio Delivery Service. Uh, I'm trying to remember the uh, Poporo. Poporoso? Yeah. So, I, in fact, I know all the people at Ghibli. And, uh, really? I did the, yeah, I did, Princess, I did Princess Mononoke, and, 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 and I actually huh. did the English... They, they, one of the the Porco movie is the pigs don't can't fly thing. Yeah. Uh, that that movie I did the English version, the whole thing. I casted it, I stripped it, wow. I mean, everything. And I never will do that again. <laughs> and um, oh god, it's horrible. Plus, I had a big fight because they basically never. I mean, they used it in for videos here and uh, didn't give me any credit for it. <laughs> I pull, I'm pulling so, up the uh, there's a dubbing wikia. And uh-huh. um, yeah, a lot of info about the dub you worked on is unknown. Like, there's no sound studio listed. There's no director listed. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. <laughs> most. It's, yeah, it says right here most of the cast is unknown. Though several minor characters are known to have been voiced by uh, Barry. How do you say that last name? G J E R D E. Yeah, very dirty. Yeah, yeah. Barry was in there. Eric was in. There. Eric was actually in there too. I think. Um, yeah, because yeah. yeah, I see Patrick Harlan, uh, Lynn, Lynn, Lynn Eve uh, Harris. Uh, yeah, they wouldn't, they wouldn't even take our names. Oh plus, I'm in the studio, so it's up to me just to do everything. So I just, as long as I come up with all the recordings and, and the, you know, and, and mark the recordings well, they don't care who did it. It's, it's even to this day, it's, uh, yeah, I, I have, I had, yeah, there's some horror stories. And wow. that's, that's one of the reasons why I ended up not. Every country, I don't care, in, every, in this industry, uh, in any industry, I'm sure, but uh, from what I know, right, in my industry, it's just, it's just it happens everywhere in, 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 a, in different ways, forms and stuff like that. But you get a, you get a version of it somewhere. You know, so. yeah. 
but 99.9%, it was a good, a great experience, good experience. I, those are just a negative, couple of small negative things that happened that, I mean, they weren't small to me at that time, but yeah. in, in retrospect and in, in the overall view, it, it was uh, very small. So uh, okay. I, I, I'm very, very, I think all in all, I would have to say that Japan's way fairer to the people they work for them than most other countries. Cause you know, you just, you, I mean, those are really special kind of things and you're going to get those kind of things in Japan, but. Just out of sheer curiosity, have you heard the Porco Rosso dub by Disney? Uh, what did you say? Uh, Porco Rosso by Disney? Yeah. 2004, they redubbed it. Oh yeah. I didn't hear that. It's gotta be good. I, in fact, I told them back then that I can't, I can get bodies and I can get voices, but they're not going to be good. And <laughs> And uh, there, there were there's a girl, there's a woman named Shelley in there who who helped me a whole bunch. And Shelley's uh, husband, she's married, still married to Mike Shane, who's uh, president of Disney in Japan at that time. And and she was um, she was a Broadway actress and very very good. So she helped a lot. But again, we both did our best. But you're not you, you know you you don't have a choice of you know hey I'm gonna pick from a hundred people I'm gonna pick twenty pros and because you don't you might have twenty people and in there there may be zero or one pro you know that kind yeah. of thing so then you have to coach the non pros as best you can and that's and so it's not gonna and plus the scripting was not good I mean I wrote scripts that wrote them as best I could but but uh, Miyazaki who I never met, who never oh. got there, but he would get the script and he would say, this isn't what I said, you know, or this isn't what I meant. Right. And then Studio Ghibli would just say, change it. And you'd go, but, 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 you know, it doesn't work in Japanese, I mean, in English. And, you know, like the famous line from that movie is, a, a pig who can't fly is, is not a pig. And that's the, they're supposed to be more, nuance or something to that in, in Japanese and probably there's some kind of cultural thing in you know, about pigs in Japan in Japanese, which I don't know, but, but it, it just doesn't work. I mean, like they're, they're saying this is this huge, you know, impact, imp impactful piece of copy that just does not work in English, you know, and there, and there's a lot of that with Miyazaki stuff. So, yeah. Um, so it's very difficult and I get it, but it's, you know, cause the reverse is also true, obviously. So, yeah, I, it's it's hard to, you know, and plus you they set it up so that you never get to talk to the person directly. So, so I've got looking through work questions and we've answered a lot of them. Um, yeah. Exactly. What is the casting process like over in Japan? You know what? I'm this is going to sound really arrogant, and I don't mean it to be because that's not what it is. But I, I pretty much, and I think Eric and Jerry will tell. Well, Jerry's kind of in the same boat actually, but. Eric isn't, or wasn't, I should say, but um, I didn't have anything casted. I I was in a position where I never I never auditioned. Period, okay. and uh, they would just call me and say, "Can you work?" and and this is how much we can pay, and and then this is the schedule, and I'd say yes or no. And so, um, yeah, uh, I was a, a known a known commodity in Japan, and. Um, <laughs> So I was very, very, very lucky um, that way. And I'm very grateful for that. But the casting process in Japan, from what I understand, is that there is one one particular place called, I forget, 
Uh, her name is Mom, uh, Inagawa san. Inagawa, Momoko, I think. Okay. Motoko, 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 Motoko Inagawa. And um, she specialized in having, uh, you know, foreign talent. Uh, I think Eric was probably in that too, but uh, Jerry was, and I'm pretty sure. But um, but most of the people, the foreigners and the expats who would come to Japan would generally sign up there, and that and and because she was known for having, um, you know, expat talent there, uh, they would call her, and and she'd line it up, can't, you know. So, you know, that was that was basically it for models and stuff people like that it's more like the states uh, but for voiceover not so much so uh usually a, a you know a, a director would call or a producer would call a producer he knew or something like that and say or or even the studio do you know anybody who can design you know that kind of thing okay. and then the other thing was was me they'd call me after a while <laughs> because yeah they'd call me they said do you know and i go eric i you know jerry sorrells in fact i I don't know if Eric, Eric probably doesn't realize how many times I would I have um, thrown his name out there, you know, because nobody would say, you know, I, I just did. I mean, if they needed a Spanish-speaking guy, I'd get Spanish, and I, I can get the French-speaking guy. Well, always with the ca- the caveat was always, I do not know if they if this friend of mine who speaks Spanish fluently, who is from Spain, but I'm, you know, he could be Basque, he could be someone with a heavy accent over there. I have no idea, right. but I do know he's fluent in Spanish. So yeah. that was that was the only thing. That's why I was scared. That's why I didn't go into the business of that because, especially French and, and especially Spanish, French especially. I mean, a lot of Canadians did French narrations over there, and if you send it to France, they would get very peeved at it because, you know, French French uh, Canadian French is not French to them, right? Yes. So you know so it's yeah it was uh, it was hard it was hard doing that as a business i never got into that i, I could have easily done that but i didn't do that so uh the casting process is usually that with the um with the doraemon thing uh jerry jerry was the star on that to me and um Sorrell's, and uh i don't you know they called me and i just said no i don't do it <laughs> i don't do <laughs> stuff like that yeah, and uh, I turned it down a lot, several times, and they kept asking me, and I'm ke- I kept wondering why would they want me to come in there? I don't fit any of those voices to me, you know. Then I got my, I got a, so I finally said yes, just because they were so, you know, actually Jerry, I think almost convinced me, <laughs> and I, and then I caught, I never, I used to hardly ever catch colds or anything like that or flus, and and I did, and and I <laughs> my voice was horrible. So I was supposed to be doing giant. Um, did do giant? I don't remember. I was supposed to be doing. You Yobi were uh, giant and Sunil. Yeah, I was supposed to do a lot more actually, but <laughs> I couldn't fake it at all. And so, and giant to me, I mean, they kept saying yeah, and I'm going yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't. I wasn't happy at all, and not with them. Was, I felt really bad for them. I hate doing work when I'm not a hundred percent. And and I, and I offered to do, redo everything uh, when I got better. But for now, do this and get some timing, and 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 I'm you know I'm sure there'll be some redo retakes and stuff like that. And that, if that happens, then I'll do everything. And I still do that. I'm still that way. Um, I, I can't stand it. I mean, there you know when deadlines are deadlines, and I'll do it. And sometimes and they'll in Japan they'll go with their deadlines, especially in Japan, I should say. And um, so yeah, I I, I, I it, it never. 
it didn't sit well with me when you when you when you said Doraemon because not because of them that was the, the staff the people were great I just yeah. I, and I, I the, the product itself I, I have no problems with I just was not in my you know I wasn't my A game. it wasn't even my C game it was so bad <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah you, so you, you sound you sounded sick yeah I, I was yeah I was really sick yeah. and and not only that they, and with that sick voice they literally wanted me to sing you know yeah like, you know and yeah. I re, and I'm not and that's another thing if they said I was going to sing I would have definitely turned it down <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I yeah I'm really I have no real real recollections of that so much uh, I they also didn't use a really great studio or I should say it was a studio called ADR or something like that and that's all they basically did so equipment wise wasn't good I mean they're and the, nowadays, with all the digital technology, I think they could have made me sound a little better. But back then, it was not. You, you and I was I was almost surprised. I said, "This is what I sound like." I mean, I can't do this. And and they would go, <laughs> oh, you you know, that kind of thing. So it's still a mystery to me to this day that you know I I could easily redo it for them. Even I would even redo it now if that's what they want. You know, but. <laughs> Yeah, I, if they ask me, I would, you know. But um, yeah, yeah. I've been for free. Um, by the way, I, that's just the way. I, that's always I've been that way. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, that sounded bad. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm assuming that wasn't you singing like the ABCs and all that. I did sing those things. Okay, you did. You did sing those. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure if they used it because I, I did. They did send me the the video, but I never. I it's, I don't have it any longer, and plus, I don't have a vhs player anymore you know so <laughs> what's your favorite project you've worked on my favorite you know i read that and i thought you know what i don't really know um biohazard or resident evil this year um wasn't my favorite because it almost ruined my voice trying to do that they really made me scream into the mic biohazard you know that kind of yeah. And I would, I, they also had me do for 10 versions. In other words, biohazard zero through 10 or actually 11, actually. Um, so I did them all at once. Um, and then I had to do the resident evil version of that. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I got paid well for that, but, uh, but work-wise it really tore my throw up, throw it up that day. Um, oh fun wise, gosh, I don't know, you know, I, I always enjoyed doing movie trailers because I was pretty much the only movie trailer guy there in Japan. And granted, they do they would take the Hollywood movies and usually the voiceover was already on there. But it usually when they would re re they they couldn't use that a lot of times because of the union here the uh, the SAG after here yeah so yeah. they would have to redo it. Plus they also changed titles quite a bit. You know, for instance, Resident Evil's Biohazard here. And um, for instance, the movie that Mike Doug Michael Douglas did a long time ago called the, the Game. It's just the Game, so you'd think they could use that. No, because in Japan they dropped the, so it's just Game, you know that kind. <laughs> of thing. So, so I would get a lot of those. My very first one was called a movie called Angel Heart, and uh, and I had it was my first trailer that I ever done, and I went in. It was Gene Hackman, and I went in there thinking, okay, I'm going to do. You know, they direct me and they let's do this, let's do that, and la la. And I came up with one that everybody got chills on, I guess. And so that was pretty cool. So I thought, God, I can do trailer, all right, you know, kind of thing. So, um, 
Yeah, uh, that was fun. But, you know, I literally did over 100,000 jobs. Wow. Yeah, so I don't really know how many, what's my favorite in there, because I literally was running around from studio to studio to studio to studio, to studio every day. Uh, one day, my worst day, my most, the busiest day was um, 11 studios in one day. Oh my, my last, gosh. My, yeah, my last entrance time was at two in the morning. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, and I had, and it was, there was, and within that, I, I had actually got to the studio when they were doing the Japanese part of this, the video with a Japanese, very famous voiceover who was a asshole about everything you know for instance i'm not doing that extra bit that you want me to do because you didn't discuss it with our manager and you have to pay me more kind of thing so i'm oh. sitting there waiting for fine looking at my watch because i gotta be in another studio but it's just down the street but it's, it's in a, you know 30 minutes and i'm not even in the booth yet and so i had to go to that one next one then come back in between and then oh it's just it was a, it was hell <laughs> oh my gosh but it, yeah it was one of the another one of the reasons i because they make it so hard for you to turn stuff down. I had a hard time saying, I'd say no, but they would not take no for an answer a lot of times. So, oh, we'll do anything. We'll bet. I said, okay, let's do this tomorrow. Is that good? <laughs> you said you'd do anything to do this tomorrow. And they'd go, no, we got the clients coming in. We got this coming in. And I go, oh, God, you know. And it's funny because once I became well known, clients would want to meet me. And uh, so, uh, yeah, it was, I mean, which I've, very you know grateful and happy about but it made it hard a lot of times too but it actually when once i got to that position they almost they took my advice all the time so it got a lot easier after a while because before that yeah it just it was horrible because i would get home from studio and literally stay up till the sun rose writing rewriting scripts they were so bad oh my god and i for a five-year period, this is when my body broke down on me in 2000, a five-year period there, I literally slept no more than five hours for the whole week. Wow. Not a night. I, I would go two to three days without sleep, zero, zero sleep. And it got to a point where this is crazy, you know. I picked up smoking just to keep myself awake. I would drink Coffee would not, I mean, the strongest coffee would not keep me up. I, it was just, it was, it was the worst thing you could do to a body. And, and, by, and then I got uh, AFib, irregular heartbeat. Um, I would pass out later on in, in the year 2000. That was, it was horrible. Wow, so I gosh. finally ended up quitting smoking. You know, everybody, every voiceover over there smoked, basically. The guys with the great voices. And so I smoked only Japanese cigarettes, and I smoked the very weakest ones. That was my excuse, right? <laughs> but the very weakest cigarettes, basically, they didn't taste anything like cigarettes. They were just dirt, dirty air, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. And uh, but you, it, it was almost just to keep awake, keep alive. And here I am. Keep what I'm saying when I say keep alive. It's so weird because that's not even you know. If anything, I'm killing myself, right? So. So yeah, it was uh, it was pretty horrible. But um, my best job would be probably movie trailers. You yeah. listen to TV, and I was on there for all these one shot things. In fact, one I I did this one thing for Meiji, uh, the the um, candy company, or actually milk and everything. But it's a food company. But all I said was open. You know, that's it. That's all I said. Open. <laughs> I don't know what it means. You know. 
uh, I think the package opens up or whatever. And for 10 years, they, they paid me 15 grand every year, you know, for just saying open. And I, I mean, it was just a one time open, but every time they re- renew it, they paid me 15 grand again, 15 grand again. So that was great. <laughs> you know? and, and eventually after 10 years, they, they switched it to having all these famous people, uh, uh, celebrities in Japan, and each commercial that would feature this particular celebrity would end up saying open at the end. And so I was off of it, but, but um, <laughs> yeah, I was the first guy that did that. And they did all these logos in English back then. It's a Sony, you know, that kind of, that's what I right. was me. Panasonic, you know, that was me. Bridgestone, that was me. Uh, they're just so, you know, so I became, and in fact, it was funny because, you know, there was Kyogo means uh, I couldn't do, comp, you know, competitors and I pretty much, would do you know i i i i i what uh, i paid attention to that i didn't want to do that i didn't want to get anybody mad at me but you'd have companies go yeah we'll get, we can change your voice just a little bit and then you know it's okay we'll use a different name and that kind of thing you know we'll just say it sounds like Ward, and it's not you really you're not going to yeah i don't think i'm gonna do that <laughs> yeah projects wise i'm i'm eric and guys like jerry and ladies like jerry would do more anime and that kind of stuff. I've done um, Bloody Roar, Bloody Roar. Yeah. I've done more actually, but yeah, sometimes they forget to put my name on there. Yeah, a lot of things. In fact, you know, I had a lot of trouble because in most videos, when they first start video games, the first thing that, are you ready? Go. I, you know what? Almost, almost all the game companies used my voice. It became just the generic voice that they, everybody used. So it's me a lot of times. And I really? never got paid. For it. Yeah, never got paid for it. But everybody, the studio people would know. They say, "Hey, Wozo-san, you know, which means, "Hey, Ward, you stay using your voice," you know. Blah, blah. And I call them, and about ten mm, percent of the time, they admit it and pay me something. But most of the time, they wouldn't. Oh, so no, 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 it's not you. It's not you. Wozo-san, you Oh, yeah. The guy we use, I forgot his name, but yeah, he, he sounded like you. Yeah, right. And most <laughs> everybody, including Eric or Jerry, would say, yeah, nobody sounds like Ward <laughs> I'm yeah. not saying that in, a, in an egotistic way. It's just, yeah, I have a, even here in the States, I, I've got a, um, I guess what they call a unique voice ring. I'm not sure why. I mean, it's killing me, actually, because, I'm, you know, if, if you want uniqueness, great, but it's it hurts me a lot of times because I sound menacing, intimidating, <laughs> uh, you know, you know, all kinds of things, you know, I, when I tone it down, it's too toned down. I don't know. I, I'm having a hard time. I'm trying to find, find my voice right now, a, a different voice. Everybody up speaks now. You know what that is? Uh, not entirely. Up speaking is, for instance, uh, I'm going to a script here. Right? Kind of thing. Well, I can't. Uh, let's see, for instance, uh, oh, this is boring, but, you know, today, today Jane is going to show you how to properly conduct an, an apartment inspection. Up speaking. Today, Jane is going to show you how to properly conduct an apartment inspection when a new resident is moving in. Oh, okay. And you, you know why that's happening? It's because YouTube. YouTube and TikTok and all these places where they have voice, and everybody thinks they're a voiceover, is making that the norm because everybody speaks that way. So now, and you know what's funny though? It, this actually happens in Japan. It's happening in Japan too. So it's not just 
It's, they're not mimicking. It's it's a natural inclination. It's everything ends like a question almost. And you know, uh, so if if it was a movie like Biohazard or you know Re- Resident Evil, it, they would want Resident Evil or something like that. It's it's just not it's not good. <laughs> in fact, the, the same people, if you talk to them in private, they don't talk like that. Yet they read their voiceovers that way, and it's. It drives me nuts. I, I, I refuse to do that and until, up till now. Now I'm trying to get it to to be a compromise where, I, where I'm kind of close to that, but not really there. And it's a, it's a hard place to figure out. But uh, yeah, I, and voices, voices as deep as mine are now very, and I'm not a bass, I'm a baritone. And, and so I'm not that deep, but, but I, I, I record deeper than, I record deeper than I sound, I think, in person, but because I have higher range as well. But it's yeah, it's tough. It's tough right now. I, I really have a hard time booking jobs because everybody says either says I, well, the things I said menacing, intimidating, or I sound too polished, too professional, too broadcaster like. And they don't want that, you know. It's good now. Together, you'll walk through the. And you don't want to sound like a DJ either anymore. You, you, you know, be sure to look at everything: walls, windows, floors, floors baseboards, cabinets, lights, even the ceiling. You know, it, it's, that's not working anymore. Huh. So, yeah. Uh, so I'm, and I. This is all I've ever done. So it's, uh, you know, 35 years of this. I, I need. I need to stay, and I still love doing it. I just. Uh, I get animations. A lot of animation more than Japan here. But for some reason, I'm not mailing them because I don't. I, the, well, I shouldn't say it that way. What's coming to me are just the agents are just sending whatever. Just you know, they're they're sending it out, but they're pushing this. I know this because of another guy that's in the company will tell me that they're. Um, it's more like um, the, the the agents actually push a younger guy who costs less. I mean, who they can take more of it for him. You know, if I send so if I get ten grand and they get eight grand it behooves them to to sell the guy that taking eight grand for the job because they're still going to get the 10 grand and keep two grand so and that's that despite having a union and all that it doesn't matter anymore they they, a lot of people work ficor which is not union non-union and i only stay in union only because i do movie trailers and movie trailers are definitely union so but on the downside of that they're not doing a lot of voiceover anymore for movie trailers they're doing uh just use dialogue in the movies to do that yeah so um, yeah well it's actually a good thing because i would hate to go into a movie theater and listen to 10 trailers when almost everybody sounds like me and uh, <laughs> it just it, it's wearing on you actually and it doesn't sound good you know every now and then yeah but it's yeah using dialogue is a good thing i think but uh, so i have to Trying to make the decision of you know dumping the but commercials too you you have to go through sag after to most commercials but uh, regional ones you don't really have to but see if you, if you break that eh, i don't know I, i'm not i'm not involved enough in the hollywood to know what to do sometimes in my age agents used to be your liaison there and you know but they don't do that anymore they don't care really you know hey you know, we, we want 100 voices, but we're only going to use, you know, five of them. But we need 100 just so they can see our roster has all these people, you know, that kind of thing. And they push the younger guys, you know, the 30-year-olds and all that, which yeah. makes sense. Yeah. I had a question because you mentioned with uh, Resident Evil, 
uh, you did mm-hmm. the, the title voice. Um, did you do like all the numbers at once, or did they just call you back and then yeah. like you know Resident Evil no. Four? I did them all at once. Really? Yeah, and uh, I, I literally, and this is something we don't do here. I literally had to scream it at that with that voice. Huh. So, yeah, I mean it's like here would be no, you know, level wise it would be just like talking basically. It'd be you know, Resident Evil, Resident Evil. They really, literally, Resident Evil, you know, that hurts. Yeah. You know? yeah. And it, it really does. And I, I can't, you can't do that for long. Nobody can. And uh, uh, I try to keep my voice basically out in front of my nose uh, with a little bit of head head voice in there. And so, I mean, I can go like, for instance, I can get up pretty high. And so I put elements of that into my regular voice and that's how I talk now. So so you know, so I can I can change it. I mean it's good. Good, now together you'll walk through the apartment. Good, now together you'll walk through the apartment, you know, that kind of thing. I can move it around and do all of that, but it, it, yeah, it's it that voice that they wanted for but uh, was was horrible. And once I got through all of them, I mean, I, there was like you know a lot. And they go, okay, now we're going to do the Resident Evil version. And we're, uh. <laughs> 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 and Tony got it later. They 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 redid some of the stuff here in the states, which I I recognize. I don't. I'm not against because the, the direction in Japan was horrible. But. Um, but most of the games, you know, the game centers, and I'm I'm well known for that. Even here, they list me as that, and which actually hurts me because again, they don't want the Resident Evil voice for most videos and most commercials. You know, oh, he does Resident Evil. Oh, that's too scary. We can't have him on there. You know, yeah. so yeah, it, that's that doesn't help me in the long run. So yeah, that's that's know. too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was. It was such a curiosity because you're you're featured as the title voice in Resident Evil Four, and that was recorded right. in America. So was, right, right. Yeah, I was wondering why that well, was. So they they go they go back and forth on that. Yeah, Capcom has Capcom has the final say so in most cases, but when it becomes Sony Entertainment here and stuff like that, then there's there's this back and forth there that doesn't go well. I know Kobayashi, you know Kobayashi is the guy that created it basically really well really well and he he's adamant that they use me but sony's in the states uh, here in the states wants their you know their own thing going on so it's yeah i'm not part of that so i don't really care they actually asked me to redo it for them then they found out i was in tokyo and this is before remote recording was possible so um yeah i did yeah, didn't want. I couldn't do it. So, uh, if it came again here, and now that I'm here, I'd redo it for sure. But then uh, have to kind of wrap up. Um, so you said you worked for Ghibli. Yeah, oh yeah, Studio Ghibli yeah, a lot. Yeah. Just, just out of my own sheer curiosity, have you ever met a man named Shigesato Itoi? I think I have met Itoi son. Yeah, Itoi son. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Actually, actually yeah. Yeah, most of the the Ghibli people would show up in the studio. They they like to be very. They were very hands on, except for that you know the Porco one that I did. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, they they didn't show up at all. But that was you know the, the reason for that though is that that particular piece was the reason why we had we we're forced to do it was because that movie was going to debut on a Japan Airlines international flight. Yep. 
Yep. And so they needed to do it fast. And I said, you still need to do it in the States. You're not going to get great voices here. You're just not, you know. But thanks to Shelly and Jerry and people like that, we it was okay. But it, the voices were not terrible. It's just the scripting was bad. And I mean, I did the scripting, but it, but it get got very changed, <laughs> transformed to a different animal later. So you know, I had I had leeway with it in order to fit the pictures. I could change little things, but they didn't want me to change the essence of it. And that's weird because yeah, Ghibli's always had that approach because within a year they would have an English dub of like my neighbor totoro or kiki's delivery right. service they right, used right. to hire a company named streamline pictures starting uh-huh. with totoro and that's in california so i'm curious why they didn't just yeah, use streamline I, for that and you and i told them they should and that's that yeah because totoro is before porco that's correct uh, yeah and, I mean, even, uh, even the dub yeah, and they should have done that, but I think it was, I don't know. I really don't, I think it was, they they demanded a really tight schedule, and it, oh. that I did the whole movie within two, mm, God, with editing everything in not, not even th- four days, three, four days. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, it was really awful. Could not yeah. hire children for the children, so it was Jerry and a girl oh named Lisa. Uh, Lisa, yeah, Lisa. Lisa Lynn. Lynn, okay. Lynn, Lynn, her name is Lynn, yeah. Lynn, I forgot her last name, Lynn, I forget. I have her somewhere, though. Yeah, Lynn, Lynn, even as an adult, she's six feet tall, talks like a seven-year-old, so. <laughs> because we couldn't keep the little kids in the studio all night long, right? Because that's what right. when it happened. We were, we were there literally 24 hours a day for four days, like, and so. That's it was absurd. Ridiculous. Yeah, and plus, see, you, with, with, um, the state you have to do everything within union rules right yeah so i'm sure what they were demanding was not very union friendly so because they needed a certain schedule the whole thing and so they ended up you know oh todiaiza which means for now let's have ward try to figure it out you know kind of thing so so that's what it was not a fun project it wasn't a project (laughs) that i'm proud of nothing about it is good I, i should i mentioned i forgot to mention I couldn't do all of the directing, so I had Tom Stolberg, who's now in Canada. He runs, uh, he still runs uh, uh, entertain, uh, entertain, not entertainment, uh, event companies. And Tom was really good. He's actually the guy that I told you he wrote great scripts and didn't know punctuation or spelling into a lick. But uh, Tom, Tom helped me out there, and he 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 more than me is responsible for bringing that to. Uh, to a you know a, a decent ending at the uh, you know but but uh, yeah yeah I don't know why they they never mentioned it I think it was mostly having to do with uh, stream not to streamline but the union thing and mm-hmm. they didn't have the budget for that or whatever I don't know oh so, uh, yeah. okay that that would explain it okay yeah yeah because I, I actually haven't seen Porco Rosso but I've heard it's good ah. I don't know. <laughs> Just the, the actual film, not necessarily the, the yeah, dub. Yeah, did. I, know I, I think I'm biased because of all the stuff that happened with that. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't look at it as a you know. I, I've never watched it as a you know just a complete clean with a clean slate. You go, okay, let's watch this movie. You know. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of Miyazaki because he's he's just too weird for me. I I yeah. I, I like Totoro and. and uh, you know, I like the movies. Okay, he's just he's. Just, I I I've never met him, but 
he's been, I've been in the same room as him and, and I'll ask a question and it never gets answered. It never, yeah. okay, for instance, you know, <laughs> for instance, on, on, on Porco, I said, you know, in order to write this script, I would like to know how and why this man became a pig. There's no explanation for it at all. Just all of a sudden from one scene, it, when they're fading back into the past when he used to be the pilot with his, you know, with the whole thing, and all of a sudden, he, today, he's a pig. <laughs> and you're going, I just want to know, I mean, just, I'm not going to write it. I'm not going to put it into the script. I'm not going to explain it. I just want to know for my own sake what Mr. Miyazaki was sitting over there, why he did that. And you could see him literally shrug and just go, no, 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 you know. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, because the woman, his, the woman of his life, the you know, She's a woman. She's not a pig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it, and there's no there's no mystical quality about that particular film that makes it you know why is this guy a pig? He's made, and you know what the the thing about that movie is the the all the aircraft, all those biplanes and stuff are rendered in perfect detail to to the original. So, yeah, that's, that I sounds mean, like it sounds like him. Yeah, it went that far. He went to Italy, studied it, got the planes, everything, and and just it's just amazing. And and yet he couldn't explain that to me. And I mean, I, I just wanted even the philosophical. You know, is, is there something in his philosophy of life that you know something about pigs or what? You know, pig men and pigs. I don't, I don't you know. I, I don't know. I just want to know. And nope, yeah. never got an answer. <laughs> That's, that's that cool. part of his mystique, I guess, you know. Yeah. The studio just their shoulder and he doesn't know. There's no reason. I'm like, oh, okay. Because, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the uh, the Disney dub and they have Michael Keaton as the main character. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah, uh, they, they that, clearly had now, more than four days. Good actors, really good actors. So, yeah. yeah. Anything you want to plug? Uh yeah, higher high award section for your voiceovers. I can do anything. <laughs> no, it's just nice to nice to talk to you, man. And um, yeah, yeah, I'll look forward to that. Okay. All right. Thank you Take so much. Okay. Ward is still active. You could check out his stuff at wardsexton.com. Thank you to Ward for doing this interview, and thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please be sure to rate this podcast five stars and subscribe via your favorite podcast app to know first when an episode is posted. If you want to hear more info about English dubs, check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Yuiharuhara. Here's my guest next time on English VoiceOver in Asia. Hi, this is Michael C. Pizzuto. If you're an actor that has worked in Asia and would like to be a guest on the podcast, please send an email to yuiharuhara at gmail.com. If you're a listener and would like to know when I have upcoming guests, please follow me on Twitter at yuiharuhara or stay tuned to my YouTube community tab. From there, you'll be able to ask guests questions that may be featured in their interview. Until next time, take care.